Hello and welcome back to the Indivisible DFW podcast. My name is Jay Malone. I'm your host. Um, and I'm sitting down today with Amanda, jo- Amanda Johnson from uh, Moms Demand Action. Um, Amanda, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks. Busy as usual, but happy to be here. Yeah, so we were just talking um, before we turned on the, uh, the microphones uh, about an interesting race out in East Texas. <laughs> East East Texas is home for me, so I am always interested in trying to bring it into the 21st century. Where are you from uh, exactly? Yeah, Nacogdoches, Texas, the oldest town in Texas. And Stephen F. Austin, yeah. Stephen F. Austin is my alma mater. Okay, interesting. Is it really the oldest town in Texas? I didn't know that. It is, and it's a beautiful town. Um, It's just quite, uh, quite redneck. Again, I can say that because it's my home. Uh, politically, it's extremely backwoods, and I'm incredibly proud. We actually just started a Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America chapter there. Uh, I tell people that just scares the pants off the legislature, that they want to uh, <laughs> color the Moms Demand Action members as hairy-pitted liberal big city women, hairy armpits. So uh, that's not the case? I try to shave pretty often. Um, so when they see chapters set up in places like Nacogdoches and Lubbock, it really terrifies them to find out that this is not a big city issue, that we want gun sense all over the state and the country. So yeah, the race that we were talking about is a friend that lives there that's a professor at SFA and is contemplating uh, running against Gomert. So, you know, when you look at something like that, um, I think a lot of people look at it and they say, well, it's an R plus 30 district. Right. Uh, it's a really big uphill climb. Um, but like, you think that this is somebody that can actually make some, uh, make some headway against uh, Louis Gilmert? I don't know if he'll make any headway in a successful manner. I mean, you and I discussed that like he's not going to win. But right. he's incredibly intelligent, incredibly um, astute and educated. And I think if nothing else, he can make Gilmert look really, really bad. Which Louis does that a lot for himself. He doesn't so. need a lot of help. His constituents yeah. there are incredibly frustrated, as we all are, <clears throat> with their lack of an ability to contact their representative. I mean, they cannot see this man, cannot get to him at all for any reason. What are the uh, House and Senate, uh, like State House and State Senate uh, reps out there like? Uh, Travis Clardy is the main rep for Nacogdoches anyway, and mm. uh, he is a more moderate Republican. So he's nothing like Gomert, um, but he's also not eager to attend a Moms Demand Action meeting as far as I can tell. Okay, so did um, there was recently some legislation that went through the Texas House. Um, now, that was, uh, can, you, can you explain that a little bit more? I know there was an open carry. Um, yeah, so legislatively, well, honestly, we've had a fantastic session, um, which is such good news because last session we lost both open carry and uh, guns on campus. Now, we were able to put some amendments in the bills that helped make those laws a little bit safer. But in all, last session was a really brutal session for us. So this session, um, we've had a really, really great time so far. Honestly, we've defeated some really bad bills. We've defeated permitless carry. Now we're knocking on wood because the session's not over, but it never got out of the calendars committee. So it is DOA as far as we can tell. And there were two different permitless carry bills that they pushed for in a major way. And we were able to drive a massive amount of calls, a massive amount of visits to legislators' offices. We were at the Capitol every day. Um, and we were able to beat them, so we're thrilled. It's been a great session for us so far. So, you know, from the indivisible crowd, you know, hearing about phone calls obviously gets people pretty excited. Right. Um, and you think that a big reason why uh, this legislative session has gone so well is because of the direct action by Moms Demand and other groups? Yeah, 100%. You know, that's one of the really lovely things about Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America is that we are under the Every Town for Gun Sense umbrella, so it's a really large organization. 
And because of that, we have really great infrastructure. So we can send out texts and drive calls directly to people's legislators, or we can target certain legislators. If we want all 200 calls that day to go to one office, we can direct them that way just via a text. And that's pretty amazing. So to have that power to get those calls in, to make it really easy for our supporters to call the right people and help them with talking points, it is incredibly effective. We had a funny story um, on our lobby day right before the session started where three of our moms got onto an elevator with a particularly overzealous pro-gun legislator and he stepped off as the doors were closing. He didn't want to ride on the elevator with the moms. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the legislators, they know our red shirts. They know we're there. Um, they're properly afraid and respectful of what we get done. So I, th- I think a lot of people, when they see something not make it onto the calendar, right. uh, they generally attribute that to uh, Joe Strauss. Right. Um, so do you think that uh, there's an ally uh, on this issue in Joe Strauss? God bless Joe Strauss, yeah. There was um, a really ugly bill filed that was uh, guns everywhere. So literally guns in K-12 through public schools, courthouses, public hospitals, publicly owned sporting venues like the American Airlines Center would have fallen into that category. And Strauss is the reason that it never moved at all. It never even got assigned to a committee. So yeah, Strauss is definitely that moderate, level-headed, sensible human being that we wish all Republicans were. Um, Now, why it never got out of calendars, we think that... I'm sure he was part of it, but I think a lot of it, though, is our phone calls. I mean, we were able to really look at that committee and see who we knew was on our team, who was a total waste of time, and then we targeted those in between. Really, we gave them the ammunition, pardon the pun, to say, my, I don't have support for this among my constituents. Um, it was hard because when these first went into hearing, the pro-gun nuts brought in 70,000 paper signatures in favor of permitless carry. 70,000. I'm not sure that they were all living people, but that's how many pieces of paper they brought. So we needed to be able to give these legislators a reason to say, I know you saw 70,000 signatures, but my office phone won't stop ringing with people saying they like our permitting system and they don't want to see it go away. So I think that we were able to give them an excuse not to move the bill forward. So, you know, when I I hear this, a lot of it sounds like, um, so Moms Demand is a single issue organization. Absolutely. Uh, whereas, you know, indivisible groups tend to take on every issue, right. uh, which is part of a, a struggle, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for for a lot of the indivisible groups that are out there that are trying to move the needle on different issues, um, what can they learn from, from Mom's Demand and how effective it's been yeah. um, on that single issue of gun safety? Right. I think that's a really fantastic point. I mean, Mom's Demand Action is only four years old and we have four million supporters and 50,000 active volunteers, people out like monthly doing active things, direct action that we're talking about nationwide. So how has it gotten that big and that effective in that short of a time? And I think you hit the nail on the head that a lot of it is about being a single action, a single topic supporter. Now, this group um, tends to be a really educated, caring, empathetic group. So all of us have other topics that we love and we're willing to work on. But for all of us, there's only one issue we go to the mat on. And that's gun sense. Um, I think especially in this day and age, people are so terrified of what's raining down on us from all directions, whether it's local, state, or federal, all the bad stuff, that we get busy posting stuff on Facebook 
but we don't take the time to actually go out and make something happen. So by focusing, especially, let's say, 70, 80% of your energy on your one topic that really screams at you, it helps you stay sane. And, you know, when it comes down to politics, I can talk to you about gun sense politics pretty much nationwide, but I can't on other topics. And that's okay. I don't have to save the world on every single topic. But on this one, all the moms demand people will go to the mat. And I think it's really effective and helps keep you sane. So, you know, going back a little bit more, were you um, were you always involved uh, politically, like back when you were in Nacogdoches? I can remember being 15 and having my learner's permit and driving door to door in the farm truck out in the country campaigning for a judicial election, a local judicial election that my dad was involved in. So, yeah, I think I've always had a political bug, but... Like so many people, I have definitely evolved and actually flipped sides. I mean, I'm from Nacogdoches. I definitely was always campaigning for Republican candidates back in the day. And uh, as I've matured, especially as I've become a mom, um, my views have changed a lot. There's a speaker that I adore. Her name is Glennon Doyle. And Glennon has a saying that there's no such thing as other people's children. And I agree. Like, once you're a mom, there is no such thing as other people's children. You will you'll do anything and everything you can to feed or save or help anybody's kid like it's your kid, which is the crazy miracle of motherhood. Um, so Sandy Hook hit us all so hard to see these first graders, 21st graders, like shot in the middle of their schools where as a mom, you send your kid and you're like, I'm off duty for eight hours. I made the lunches, I did the laundry, I did the hair, and now my kid's safe at school and I can live my life. So when your kid is somewhere they're supposed to be safe and they're getting mowed down by a madman with an assault rifle, it flips the script and it upset a lot of women and that's why Moms Demand got started. Um, so I've always been politically interested but it wasn't until I had kids and until Sandy Hook and until this movement built that I really felt compelled to dig in. Um, I lost my younger sister six years ago to a gun suicide and it wasn't honestly until about two years ago that somebody told me I was a survivor. I had never considered myself in that category. But I was informed that there's 93 gun deaths a day in America and 61 of them are gun suicides. And that nobody talks about it because suicide is so complex and somebody needs to talk about it. So now between just growing up and becoming a mom and losing my sister, I really have found my topic that I am super passionate about. I think that that was, you know, Sandy Hook especially um, was the point where a lot of people uh, started to see the issue very differently. The surprising thing is that there was never any like a legislative response. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people also started to question the motivations of the other side. Um, I know my dad, uh, my dad had a, a, an arsenal practically right. before Sandy Hook and he got rid of every single gun after Sandy Hook. That was the moment. Wow. Um, he, Sold, gave away everything. Even even my grandfather's uh, old, uh, he had some Japanese rifles from the war. Right. He even gave those away. It's amazing. That's really rare. Yeah. I, For I him mean, to make that change, I mean. Well, but it shouldn't be because right. that was such an extreme, um, you know, extreme example of, of a bigger problem that's been going on in this country for a really long time. Yeah. And it should have been the response that a lot of gun owners had um, that, you know, recognizing that it's, that they're part of, the problem by not being careful with the way that they kind of engage with guns and engage with gun culture. Well, I tell people that the, the difference between us having the small chip away at successes we're having and having like national <clears throat> level success, 
is responsible gun owners. Mm -hmm. The responsible gun owners are not speaking up by and right. large at this point, and they are the group that we need. So again, growing up in Nacogdoches, I, my brother hunts something insane, like 200 days a year. My husband collects guns. I sleep better at night for the guns in my home. I don't have a problem with guns. I have a problem with gun violence. And there are some laws that are easy to put in place that would save so many lives. But one of the things you mentioned is like how responsible gun owners handle their guns. And for me, that's safe storage. We've got to be preaching safe storage to anybody and everybody. And the problem is that people think safe storage means on top of the refrigerator or like in the drawer beside their bed. And you know what? If you're a dude living in the woods, I don't care. Keep it under your pillow. Not a big deal. But if you have kids or teenagers mm -hmm. or someone struggling um, with mental health issues, then the only place for those guns is in a safe, unloaded, period, secured. That's the only safe storage that there is. Um, but it's interesting that, yeah, we've got to get the responsible gun owners to speak out and on board. And I will tell you that the NRA is 70 plus years old and the greatest single achievement that they have had is convincing America that you're either pro-gun or anti-gun. Right. They are geniuses at brainwashing people into thinking that. And, and, you know, so I lived for most of the last decade in, in Germany. And in Germany, they have very, very strict gun ownership laws. Uh, you're actually not allowed to keep your gun in your house unless you have very, very few exceptions to that. Uh, you have to keep it on a range, locked up. And so you can still, you know, have a gun. You can still own a gun. Right. But they see gun use and gun ownership in a completely different way. Um, and Germany has a much lower rate of gun violence than, than we do. Everybody uh, does. If there's a gun murder in Berlin, um, it's like national news right. because it's, it's so rare. Um, and Berlin is a city of three million people. It's the same size as Chicago. Um, if there's a gun murder in Chicago, then it's, it's in the metro section. Right. You know, it doesn't even make the front page. You are 25 times more likely to die of a gunshot in America than you are in any of our developed peer nations. Right. So we have enough guns in America for every man, woman, and child here to have their own gun. If more guns made you safer, we'd be the safest country in the world instead of 25 times more likely to die. I mean, there are travel warnings from other nations about traveling mm -hmm. to America because of the gun violence. And this is, this is something that, you know, it's artificial. This, the, the way that we look at guns, and this is why I have a lot of optimism for what your group and some other groups will be able to do on this issue, because the way that we see guns is in large part due to a concerted effort by the NRA and other groups and gun lobbies to, to push, you know, attitudes in a way that's favorable to their, you know, to their values. And we can do the same thing on the other side. Right. And if you look at other comparable countries, you see their attitudes. You know, we're an exception, you know, globally. You know, there are, there are no other countries that have the same attitude towards guns. No other, you know, developed countries that have the same attitude towards guns that we do. No other countries right. have the same gun problems. No other countries that have mass shootings like we have mass right. shootings. Yeah. And the thing is that, like, what Moms Demand Action is pushing for is so incredibly moderate. So the number one legislative agenda is background checks on every gun sale. And that's really interesting because a background check takes like 10 minutes. You can do it at any federally licensed firearm dealer. We have, no joke, more gun shops in America than we have Starbucks and McDonald's combined. So it's really not overly burdensome to ask somebody to go get a background check before they sell a gun to a buddy or somebody they met on Craigslist or somebody they met on arms list. This is not too much to ask to save lives. 
What's interesting is that there are 19 states in the U.S. that have background checks on every single gun sale. Uh, seven of those have been added since Sandy Hook, so we have had some legislative successes there. Those states each see uh, law enforcement shootings, so law enforcement officers that have been shot by somebody else, um, domestic violence homicides, gun suicides, and gun trafficking all cut by half. I mean, the statistics on that don't lie, and I just don't think it's too much to ask a responsible gun owner to do when they buy or sell a gun. I don't think it threatens anyone's Second Amendment right to ask for background checks. We've got to close, you know, traditionally it was the gun show loophole that we talked about, but really now it's all the online gun sales that are such a problem. So if, if somebody wants to get involved in your organization or learn more, where can they go? Yeah, just momsdemandaction.org is our national website. Um, again, we're pretty well organized, so if you go plug in your info, it will get you to your nearest local group. Um, within Dallas, we've got a Dallas and an Arlington and a Fort Worth chapter, so we're all over here. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Indivisible DFW podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please subscribe. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, also write a review if you like it. Uh, you could follow us uh, on Twitter. It's DFW Indivisible. Facebook, facebook.com slash Indivisible DFW. We also have Instagram, Indivisible DFW. And you can find our website, IndivisibleDFW.org. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day.